commercial from the 90s but we're back this is episode 209 of the q a podcast <laughs> my name is anthony sitting right across from me via zoom as always is my pal de quincy i just have this slight sense of deja vu i feel like you've used that opening before i think it's just you've seen that commercial before no i think you've used this op- that opening before uh people if you can <laughs> you know what episode that was on please let me know because I'm not going to go like this. But yes, you definitely used that what's up opening before. I just got a bit of a bit of nostalgia. Mm. I watched, I recently watched uh, over the week, I watched uh, Pepsi Where's My Jet, the documentary. I have no idea what that is, but continue. Well, apparently in the 90s, I vaguely remember it. I think I was too young. I think we were both too young. But in the 90s, they did a, Pepsi did a an ad campaign, Pepsi Points, where it's like box top for education or whatever. Like you collect the the UPC barcodes you collect enough you mail it in you get like they, they had a catalog of like things you could buy mm-hmm. so you could buy like sunglasses or a t-shirt and leather jackets and stuff like that well they did this commercial and they were listing off all the uh, point totals to get these items and at the very end they had some kid in school who was you know sick and tired of school he shows up to school on a in a harrier jet and it said Harrier Jet seven million Pepsi points, and he, you know, the end the commercial is some stupid thing where he's like, "It sure beats taking the bus" or some stupid slogan like that. Well, some ki- some twenty year old man, not a kid, twenty year old man, uh, in some who gives a shit city, uh, <laughs> found a way to accumulate seven million points, and wanted the uh, the Harrier Jet. Mm-hmm. Of course, he goes, you know, they go back and forth to court. It just blows up into this whole thing. You know, he gets his 15 minutes of fame, but you know, it 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 brought up the issue. Like, and the the, the main issue was that there was no disclaimer at the bottom. Like, haha, we're just kidding. It was just seven million points, and that's it. You know, no fine print at the bottom. So it was an interesting documentary. Obviously, they you know, the big corporation won, of course, but, but they played those. You know, they played those old commercials from the 90s, and one of them was that Budweiser one. Or whatever it was, Bud Light, whoever. So I just had a, a, a bit of nostalgia. You could have just said, "Hey, remember that Simpsons episode where where Bart wants to uh, calls in and wins the elephant and gets the elephant, but they don't want to give him the elephant, and it comes a whole hullabaloo." That ten ten minutes into the episode, the first episode, I was like, "I know I've seen this," and I mm-hmm. checked. What's what's the phrase that the kids use these days? The Simpsons predicted everything because this happened a year before that episode came out. Oh, no, no. The year after. Oh, oh wow. They really did predict it. But shit, you've been on the air for 30 plus seasons. You're bound to get a couple of things, right? Right. There's not like some magic soothsayer in the basement of... Um, well, I was going to say Fox, but it's like Disney now in the basement, just predicting these things. So. 
Yeah, the the basement at Disney's full of like Walt Disney's head and the videos, the movies you can't show anymore. Yeah, Song of the South. <laughs> they they're out of room. <laughs> it's it's Walt Disney's head, the Song of the South, um, real tape, and those racist crows from Dumbo. You're right. All right, let's get back on topic today. Speaking of nostalgia. Oh, Lord. Got a bit of nostalgia. We're recording on a Sunday afternoon. This Mm -hmm. particular Sunday, I think it's a good way to segue into what I think was going to be our first topic. Those lowly, lowly Texans. I want to point out something before we really get into the minutiae of this topic. I've only watched about four Texans games this, this year. As soon as I saw where their season was headed, I pulled the parachute and dropped out. I wouldn't even go watch this Sunday because I knew what it was. It was going to be these horrible, god-awful Texans <laughs> going against the Cleveland Browns and the return of the nasty man. But here comes Anthony like, oh, something exciting might happen in the game. We should watch it. You happen. And lo and behold, that is three hours of my life I will never get back. I thought maybe some, you know, some crazy fan would run on the field or something or, you know. Here's and they the start a, a big chant against Watson, but uh, here's the thing: nobody showed up to the damn game. And also, here's the thing: this isn't 1995 anymore. It's, if anything crazy happens, we will hear about it <laughs> five minutes after it happens. Somebody will post it on Twitter or Reddit or something. That's true, of course. But I'm, I'm sick of people's shitty uh, video footage on their. Terrible iPhones. Trust me, if a fan runs on the field, that's the only way you're going to get it because you're not yeah. going to get it from CBS. They, you'll that have true. the cameras looking in at Jay Feely and the other dude in the hot <laughs> second. But yeah, so once again, the Texans go down sad. What was the final score? I don't even remember. Was it 27 to 14? I turned it off in the third quarter. Oh, okay. Yeah, that game. <clears throat> Where do you want? You want to start with the Texans, the Browns? Where do you want to start? I'll let you lead this because you're the reason I watched this. <laughs> well, man, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about. You know, really isn't a lot to talk about. I mean, I think Jay Feely put it best in the first half. Watson looked like a guy who hadn't played in 700 days. Yep. Um, he was kind of all over the place. Um, threw an interception uh, in the first half. Um, was kind of, you know, wasn't as elusive as he had been in the past with the Texans didn't look like that old Deshaun Watson, but you know, that, that happens when you haven't played in two years, basically. Um, you know, the Texans, man, what can you say? I mean, the first freaking play of the game, they throw a spectacular interception, not just in an interception. It's one of those interceptions that if it happened to you on Madden, you quit and restart the game. A thousand percent. Like, on the first play of the game, the Texans throw a stupendously impossible interception. (laughs) Like, an interception that never happens. Yeah. If you didn't see it, Kyle, um, he throws the ball to the tight end. He leads him too far, so the tight end has to dive for the ball. He dives, catches it, and as he goes to the ground, the ball, his hand hits the ground, the ball pops out of his hand, and the um, the Browns defender catches it for an interception. Oh, like, 
a half inch away from the out of bounds line. Like he, he barely stayed in bounds to make that interception. Like that was the other thing. It's like this guy, he, he I just couldn't believe it. Like he, he stayed in bounds to make that interception. I, I was, I was very close to changing it right there. I was like, here we go. Any other time that pass is either a incomplete or B it's just a completed pass. It, it just mm. had to be the one time out of a thousand where the ball bounces up in the air. Not, not just, you know, bounces harmlessly out of bounds, but bounces right up to a um, Browns defender. One thing I noticed about Kyle Allen, I didn't watch the, his first game last week. He stinks. That's what you noticed. Yeah. 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 Deshaun Watson hadn't played in seven and 700 days and he was still the best quarterback on the field. That's true. Um, the one thing I, I like and dislike already about Kyle Allen is that I've never seen him play in the in the pros. I've never seen him, you know, before today. Don't know anything much about him in the in from college. Um, one thing I, but again, one thing I like and dislike about the guy, he's mm-hmm. not afraid to throw the ball and air it. He's got an arm, like he he's just got no direction with the damn ball. I was about to say the problem is he has no fucking idea where it's going. It's just. Here you go. Somebody catch it. My team or not, you know, it's just like, I mean, I, I like it and I hate that because it's like, you know, with uh, Davis Mills, it's like, is this guy even capable of pass of throwing it beyond 20 yards? Um, <clears throat> but Allen, I mean, that's all he throws. Like he throws no less than 20 yards. It, it, seemed, it seemed like in this first half. Yeah. The problem is his mindset. It's like, oh, fuck it. Somebody will catch it. Right. Um, so, you know, the offense was, the passing game was terrible as many games as I've seen, uh, this season, which is almost as many as you probably, um, the one thing, the only thing you really have going for the offense is Damian Pierce, Mm -hmm. the rookie running back. I mean, the guy, it's impressive to see a young rookie like that, or, you know, to see a rookie. Um, just almost seeming unstoppable at times. Like, like you got three, four guys trying to tackle him, and he's still just digging his heels in and just just plowing through. You know, for that extra one or two, maybe three yards, which is is you know better than nothing. Um, yes, and but- it's just it's nice to see that effort from someone you know not stinking it up. Yeah, completely. it's nice to see that. It sucks when his own offensive coordinator is taking the ball out of his hands. Like that play, the drive they had at the end of the uh, first quarter going to the second, they had first and gold at yeah. Cleveland's three-yard line and turned the ball over on downs. And yep. not just turned over on downs, all four plays were passing plays. Pierce, did, fourth- Pierce had yeah. ran the team all the way down uh, to the three-yard line and didn't get one carry inside I, I this team like i know it's bad because it didn't have the talent but it's even more just terrible when you see the the coaching decisions it's like mm-hmm. are you why are you trying to get so fucking cute like you need to be trying to win this game right if you want to keep your damn job all i've seen from from pep hamilton the offensive coordinator is it's, it's it's 
it's just terrible, man. It's like, what the hell are you here for? Like, we could get someone fresh off of Madden to come in here and do this shit. <laughs> like, they made a big deal about Pep Hamilton in the offseason about all the work he was going to do with Davis Mills and, and how he can make him a functional starting quarterback. And we haven't seen any of that at all this year. No, I mean, you know, 11 games in or 10 games in, he was he's benched. <clears throat> um, and Kyle Allen, you've seen his playbook. This isn't he's not a rookie. This is his fifth year in the league. Yeah. We know what he can do. To be the backup quarterback on the worst team in football, like there's a reason why you're the backup quarterback on the worst team in football. Yeah. So, you know, and I know you can't good. expect much. Because so many Texans fans were like, oh, Davis Mills sucks. We need Kyle Allen in there. He can uh, do something. And then Kyle Allen gets in there and shows why he deserves to be a backup quarterback on an XFL team. <laughs> yeah, but that fourth down, man, I love I love it when a coach goes for it on fourth down. I have no problem with that. I'm, uh, if you want to be aggressive, all for it. Um, but to go for it on fourth fourth and goal on the one yard line and not run the ball with your best off your best offensive weapon. Sure. The defense is expecting Pierce, you know, of course, obviously you'd be crazy not to expect Pierce, you know, to, uh, to be handed the ball, Mm -hmm. but you know what? You got to trust him. You know, he's like you said, he got you that far down the field to begin with. You got to put trust in him that he's going to, Again, dig his heels in and and not let up and get over that goal line. And just to not give him an opportunity. It's coaching malpractice. Yeah. Yeah. Like but, at, know, the, at the end of the season, if Lovey Smith and Pep Pellington are fired, I couldn't even complain. How could you? I mean, you know, the there's there's been very few bright spots this season. Hmm. Like because the entire team needs to be just burnt to the ground. <laughs> like everyone, GM, coach, everybody under the coach, players, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just it, this. The Texans, their entire franchise history can be can be sun, summed up in one word. Meh. Even when they're good, they're not Super Bowl contenders. Right. And when they're shit, they're the you know, they're one of the teams that come up when we start joking around about NFL doing regulate regulation, you know, send someone down to the XFL. Let's bring up the rough, uh, what they call the rough riders, rough riders. Yeah. Bring up the XFL team. They are, I don't know. As if it keeps up like this, I just don't see anyone even, you know, paying attention to them. Again, like people might complain about uh becoming a fair weather fan, but shit, I'd rather be fair weather than spend all my time paying attention to a team that doesn't even seem to give a fuck. Yeah, I mean there's there's very little effort, it seems like, going into this team. You know, on the field, on the sidelines, you know, uh I don't know, man. It, it's and I you know, like I was excited about Lovey taking over. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, okay, like he, you know, he had a bad team the past couple of years, uh, but his defense was wasn't horrible. Like they seemed pretty, like it seemed like a pretty solid defensive unit. Um, 
let's see what he can do, you know, full time, you know, taking over the entire team. And then the uh, fan, I mean, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing more you can say, man, but just mm. sheer disappointment. And then you got to love a name like Pep Hamilton. Like that's a football name, man. That's a, that's a football name. And it's like, Oh wow. What, like, and then, yeah, I got, I mean, I'll be honest. I got caught up in it. Like, man, this guy's got a great name. He's got some, uh, uh, some buzz around him. It seems like people seem to be excited or interest intrigued by it. Hell, let's see what he's got. And then that man needs to go get his CDL. He needs to go get some HVAC training, something. (laughs) This team is just disappointing. There's no point of watching them for the rest of the year. The next game against the Cowboys, I'm definitely not watching that shit. Ooh, yeah. And I got Cowboy fans that I work with. I'm going to be like, congratulations on the bye week next week. <laughs> right. Yeah. You just I say, remember... well, was there a game on? Was there a game today? I, I Yesterday I was, yeah, I was out Christmas shopping or something. Yeah, they keep, they, they'll come in and ask me if I watched the Texans um, on Sunday. I'm like, bro, why would I watch that? <laughs> wow. Like ask like don't ask me questions about the Texans um or any kind of, I'm like I'm not watching football. I'm, I'm not watching bad football. Mm-hmm. And in fact I'm I'm not watching football period. I don't even I the Texans have killed my joy for football. Like I don't even watch like Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. Like um even if I don't have anything like I'm interested in watching, like let's say, um, um, TV shows watching earlier uh, this year, The Old Man that goes off. It's like, well, I'll, I will play my PlayStation, I'll turn on YouTube, I'll do something. I just have no interest in, in the NFL at all. Texans don't kill my joy, man. So took it away. <sighs> And um, anything else football uh, related? No, I mean, it's been an interesting year, to say the least, sort of. Well, I mean, yeah, I would say it has. I mean, the emergence of the Vikings um, being legit contenders. Um, the Eagles. The Eagles. Jalen Hurst looking like an MVP. Yep. Uh, Tua bouncing back after two nasty concussions that mm-hmm. – I thought, man, like, how, how is this this organization not being fined millions of dollars and, you know, just shutting it down, you know? But lo and behold, they're, you know, his, his coach is stuck with him and he's stuck with his coach and um, – or stuck by his coach. And they're seemingly rocking and rolling, mm-hmm. winning the games that they're supposed to win. They rocked the Texans last week. Uh, yeah, that's the game they're supposed to win, and, and they did. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think the only thing I have left to say is, uh, is um, uh, the whole Deshaun Watson situation and fans' reaction to it has made me sick of humanity. Like, I don't know if you saw the T-shirts that Browns fans were wearing going into the jerseys. It's like, we do not care about 
regular people's lives when it comes to celebrities. Well, it's like, oh, I know that person. He wouldn't do that. It's like, you don't know him. You know his representative. You know what he pretends to be. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's in that man's heart. And especially when it comes to things, when it pertains to women and sexual assault, it's like, oh, all these bitches lying. They trying to get money, trying to get famous. And I would respond to that. I'm like, so there were like 60 women that accused Bill Cosby of Ooh. sexual assault. Can you name any of them? Oh, you can't name him. So it wasn't about fame. Mm -hmm. if, if you can't name any of the sexual assault victims three months after it happened, then you can't say they were trying to get famous. Exactly. And it's always like, what, what fame are they getting out of that? Like who, what sexual assault victim has ever turned that into, into, and turn a sexual assault claim into some kind of famous thing. You don't see them on like commercials or shit talking about, hi, I'm Rachel such and such. I was, you remember me? I was molested by, um, I almost said Bill Clinton, by Bill Cosby. And I'm here now for Coles. Come spend your Coles. You don't see that shit. Right. They don't get famous. They don't get rich. What they do get is harassed by the society that we have built. That's why. I, that's why I. I don't want to watch. I. When it comes to things that happen like this, and it's like within my orbit, like sports, it just makes me like not want to pay attention to anything anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to hear this whole Deshaun Watson redemption story when he doesn't even want to apologize or say that he did anything wrong. So how can it be redemption when he hasn't admit his faults? What are you, what are you redeeming against, Deshaun? Tell us. Because you can't redeem yourself against false accusations. They got to be real accusations, correct? Did I say anything wrong here? But yeah, just uh, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, just fuck all the fans who pretend like those women or just say those women are lying. Fuck both the Texans organization for letting all that happen and the Browns organization for trading for Deshaun Watson and giving him all that money. And just fuck Deshaun Watson. I can't stand uh, whatever happened. If anything happened, horrible happens to that dude i will be happy i can't like he's just gonna get away with this shit yep it's gonna be uh what's the name ben roethlisberger all over again <clears throat> eight nine ten years from now people are gonna you know clap whatever accomplishments he has and pretend like this shit never happened meanwhile the women he did all that to will have to will have to live on with that for the rest of their lives yeah just just a disgusting situation all around. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to happier things. That's no easy yeah. transition, but let's talk. It's, let's, it's not. <laughs> hey, kitties, we're moving on from sexual assault allegations to baseball. We're not, yeah, there's no easy way to put this, but yeah, we'll talk about what I wanted to talk about. The only thing nasty about baseball right now is the amount of money these players are getting. So let's start with the big one. Jake DeGrom 
is now Texas Rangers signed a five-year, $185 million deal with an option for a sixth uh, year that will take it up to $222 million. I was stunned when I saw this deal <laughs> uh, come up. Uh, what was that, Friday? Yeah, Friday. Friday. So, yep. Yeah. Because I thought that Deshaun, uh, no, sorry, that there we go. There we go. Deshaun Watson died in the lake of fire. But I never thought that the ground would get more than four years, let alone five. Mm-hmm. Age 34 already. Mm-hmm. History of injury problems. Um, and uh, man, I mean, well, that's the Texas Rangers for you. I mean, that's I think that's the best way I can put it. They seem to they're kind of in the same boat as the Angels, where they seem to overpay for um, players past their prime. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair way to put it. I mean, if you're the Rangers, if you're Rangers fans, you hope that the Grom is not past his prime. But um, man, that age and that history. You know that injury history. That's uh, that is a massive risk you're taking. Yeah. So let's start with the Rangers. Let's talk about what this deal means for the Rangers. Um, first off, what I want to say is like congratulations, Rangers. You saw that you had a problem and went out and got the best problem solver available. Your pitching staff was below average last year, so you went and got the best starting pitcher um, and paid a hefty price for him. You realize mm-hmm. between last offseason and this one, the Rangers have spent over $700 million? Yeah. <laughs> On three players. Four players. Don't forget that Four. John Gray contract. Oh, I don't remember the John Gray contract. Uh, I will look it up where you're getting was because it, it wasn't, like, huge. But it was enough to notice, I guess. But it was, I think it was four years, $56 million. I will let you know as soon as these ads stop popping up. Dang. Let's see. Um, it's J O N, by the way. Four years, fifty-six million. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that's a that's a healthy price tag for a guy with a career ERA over four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Rangers first. I just want to give them congratulations. You went out there and spent the money, which is what we always want teams to do. Spend mm-hmm. the money when you have a problem. Um, my question is, does this make them like a wild card contender? Because I've been read I read on fan graphs, I read the analysis, and I saw like um Dave Zembrowski, he has the zip system, which like predicts, you know, players' future um stats and everything like that. And basically they had the Rangers next year as being a 84 to 86 win team. Which first off, congratulations. That's amazing considering they only won 68 games this year. Yeah, that's a that's a big increase. Yeah, it's it's almost a 20 game increase and they really haven't all they got so far in the offseason was um, DeGrom. And so I'm thinking, man, that would get them like right there in the wild card race, but is that enough? 
if anything, I would say they will be contender for that last wild card spot mm-hmm. because I don't think they've gotten better than Seattle. Um, I I texted you when you when you told me the when you gave me the uh, the news of, or you sent me the you know the story about him signing with the Rangers. <clears throat> I um I told you I I texted you congratulations to the Rangers you know you know they're on their you know third or fourth place finish at best in the in the division. Um, but looking at the wild card teams, you know, looking at the playoffs from this past season, I mean. They might have a chance at the the last wild card spot, um, considering the Mariners, you know, clinched a spot. The Rays and the Blue Jays, uh, the Rays and the Blue Jays are. I think they're always going to be in it. They're going to be, you know, close. There's like, I know we're going to talk about it later, but um, the White Sox have pretty good young pitch, or not young, but like solid pitching where I think they could be better than they were this year, better than the 81 and 81 finish. Um, So they could make it interesting as well. The Mariners aren't going anywhere. Man, that would be a bummer if the, if the angels get worse (laughs) than they were this year. Uh, Yeah, but I don't see the Rangers really, sneaking up on anybody except maybe the angels and and they were only five games behind them this past season yeah i just oh, I think... okay here's the best way to put it i'm sorry okay go ahead. the rays um the rays clinched the last wild card spot with 86 wins yes sir so do I think the the Rangers are going to get to eighty? And what, what was the estimate? Uh, between let's see, I think it's at eighty four to eighty six. I don't think they're getting close to those two. I mean, if they go back, if they go out and sign Carlos Rodon or Justin Verlander, okay, now that's a whole different story. But I don't think one pitcher. No matter how much you're spending on him, I don't think he's going to make all that much. I mean, I don't think he's going to make that great of a difference. I mean, everything else would have to go perfect for you to to make a, a huge, almost twenty game jump like that. Yeah, it's great because I was looking at the uh, Rangers um, after the news broke, and I, I was thinking to myself, well, they might have a jump. They just need, um, you know, their guys to play a little better, especially Marcus Simeon. Do you know Marcus Simeon ended the year as the sixth best second baseman in the league? I did not. I did not know that either because <laughs> all I remember from Marcus Simeon was like the first month, month and a half where he was just God awful. And in the second half of the season, he just turned it around. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Even the things where I'm like, oh, they just need Marcus Simeon to play better. It's like, no, he played to his career average last year. <laughs> Do I think he's going to play like he did in 2021 when he's with the Blue Jays and be MVP candidate? No. So I'm with you. I think they're. I think that zip estimate is too high. I have them right now as a solid like 75, 78 win team. Mm-hmm. And this is all considered. I'm talking about 
if DeGrom stays happy, stays healthy the entire year. Yeah, because if you look, if you look at the past three seasons, that includes the 60 game shortened season, COVID season. Um 2020, 12 game starts or 12 starts. Again, that's the shortened season. So he got lucky that he was able to make all 12 starts. 2021, 15 starts. 2022, 11. I mean... Because he has two things working against him right now. He throws hard, and he's in his mid-30s. Right. So why they they think they're going to make an almost 20-game improvement with a guy who didn't even pitch 12 games this season? Look, man, I don't know. I don't run the numbers. <laughs> That's behind a closed door. I'll tell you, when I saw that that um, that estimate of uh, Rangers wins, my radar went off. I was like, ooh, that seems extremely high. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, but like you said, I think they need to get a, at least one more starter. Right. I don't know if they have the the money to get anyone like Rendon or Verlander, but they still have some a good secondary, um, you know, two three starters. Let's see, looking at the sorry, my internet is fighting me tonight. Never can... All right, so maybe they don't get anyone like like I said, Rendon or Verlander, but they still have guys out there like. On my projected working. Chris Heaney, Chris, I'm sorry, Andrew Heaney, Chris Bassett, Nathan Ovaldi, Jameson Talion, someone like that. If you, I think if you, if you're able to get Nathan Ovaldi and Jameson Talion, if you know somehow they're able to, to land those two, I think your those chances of making that big improvement. I think that significantly goes up because those guys are pretty solid. Like they're not going to be either one of them are not going to be Cy Young candidates by any stretch stretch of the imagination. But they were solid this year, and they they've been pretty solid throughout their careers. Yeah, that's all you need. You need someone that you can trust because right now the um, the Rangers starting rotation: Jacob Degrom, John Gray, Martin Perez, who. Can we talk about Martin Perez in a minute? Sure. Martin Perez, Jake Odorizzi, and Dane Dunning. Martin Perez, who pitched like he was Cy Young every time you pitched against the Astros. Right. I was so worried that like he was going to get traded to like one of these playoff teams. I was going to be like, oh, well, fuck it. We got to play them in a the seven-game series. That's two wins for them automatically. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Every time he went against the Astros, it's like, oh, he, oh, he went seven innings with eight strikeouts and two hits. I'm exaggerating, but only slightly because he was right. dominant. But yeah, I mean, I could see Texas going after maybe Taiwan Walker, you know, former teammate of of Degrom. Mm-hmm. Well, same thing. I think looking at Bassett, he was a former teammate as well last year. Yeah, but Bassett's gonna. He's looking to to strike gold. I mean, this is going to be his last big contract. It looks like because he's also 34. Hey, um, if you want a big contract, get a big contract in a state with no state tax. Oh yeah. 
But looking at a lot of the um, remaining free agents, I mean, there's, you know, if you're Texas and you're able to land in any combination of any of these two, basically, mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think things change, and I think you know, um, I think your outlook improves greatly. Yeah, I think, or I think it improves to the level that. Um, these internet websites are projecting. Yeah, but they still need that that one more piece. All right. Um, so that's enough for the Rangers. What does this mean for the New York Mets? They're gonna have to go all in on, on Verlander or and or Bassett. You know, to keep him around. I joke, but Verlander probably got a call from a New York area code five minutes after that DeGrom <laughs> news came down. Correct. I mean, I, I think looking at the remaining starting free agents, it's Verlander or bust. Um, I don't think it's weird that, you know, there hasn't been any like rumblings of Rodon going to the Mets, but uh, I feel like that's going to pick up this week. Yeah, it could. It's going to have to again. If, if you're the Mets, if you want to contend, if you want to repeat um, all of the good things from this past season, then yeah, you're going to have to go all in on, on you know, the top remaining guys. Yeah, because that's the only way you're going to stay alive in that division. The Braves are still the Braves. They're still good. The Phillies mm -hmm. are coming off a World Series run where, honestly, uh, tangent, the, everyone talked about the Phillies as, as if they were some damn underdog because they only won 87 <laughs> games in wild card. They underachieved so much because mm -hmm. they had like the sixth highest payroll in MLB. We got to stop acting like, oh man, they're just lucky to be here. No, they were a really fucking great team that just played like dog shit until they fired um, their first George manager, George Girardi, yes. I was shocked when you told me that. I was completely stunned. And uh I was like, wow, you're you're absolutely right. They just completely underperformed. Hmm. And I don't know if we talked about the last time we um the last time we, we recorded, but uh one of my and someone I think and also someone asked me like in a text, like, mm -hmm. you know, what do you think what do you think's gonna happen with these guys and you know this guy and that guy, blah blah blah. And before the whole thing with the Mets, before the Grom, before you know any of this, I, I gave a list when it came to Justin Verlander. I just said, uh, if I had to pick, just without really thinking about it, without analyzing anything, who's losing who, who's available, you know, whatever. Um, just my initial, off the top of my head, I, I, I figured, I said, I guessed the Astros would go after him, of course. Mm-hmm. The Tigers would go after him. And then my wild card just out of nowhere, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Phillies went after him. Why the Tigers? <laughs> um, they're I don't know. I, I felt like I felt like they were um they were they were willing to spend money last year. And well, they were pretty bad last year. So, you know, it's not like they were short of a wild card spot. But 
but I felt like they it seemed like they were willing to spend last year. Why not be willing to spend again this year? Um, look to you know or you know um, go after Verlander's um, sentiment perhaps and give him a lot of money to finish his career where it started. Um, just the idea of pairing him with some of these guys that they you know signed and and sign somebody else as well. Um, pair him with a good manager and Hinch. I was like, I, I couldn't, I could see them going after him. That's great. No, can they win? <laughs> right. One of Verlander's goals is to get the 300 wins. Mm-hmm. I don't think he could do that if he goes to the Tigers for a year or two. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I, I just like, I don't know where I picked the Phillies because I felt like, um, yeah, they like you said they underperformed. They're willing to spend, and uh, they eventually they lost Eflin. He signed with Tampa, mm-hmm. so they have a hole in their uh, in their rotation. And where the where I I figured out oh, the Tigers would you know kind of um, try to appeal to Verlander's uh, you know nostalgic side or whatever you want to call it. I figured I looked at it like the Phillies would go after him as, Hey, you're a hired gun, man. Like come over here. You saw how close we got, you know, Yeah. you know, join us and, and we'll, you know, we'll get you another ring. It looks like. I understand. You know, when you say you want your prediction about coming to Houston, back to Houston or Philadelphia, sure. the Tigers thing blow my mind. Cause the only reason I could see him want to go back there was for nostalgia. And I'm thinking like, you, you were in Houston for five and a half years. You won two Cy Youngs, two World Series. He, he don't want to go back to the ghetto. He don't want to slum <laughs> yeah, in the there. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was no, a very... No, just, no. He and his no. wife have a home in uh, L.A. That, oh, okay. Well, that changes things. Okay, okay. Well, I, again, it was a very... Just someone sent me a text, and I was like, I'm just going to fire off three teams. Um... Yeah, but um, but back to the Phillies, I feel like that would be one that would just be kind of like insane. You know, it, it would just – and that was the whole thing about – part of the reason, a big reason for me that I was like, I'm okay with the team, with the Astros losing Verlander. It's like, uh, one, they're, they're in great shape. I like you know. this has become a tangent about Verlander. It's supposed to be a tangent about the Mets, good sir. We were talking about okay. the Mets. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't really care about the Mets, to be honest. So that's why I guess I was easy to tangent. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're gonna have to do something. They gotta go after Verlander. They're gonna have to probably give him the same deal that they gave uh Scherzer. what's his name? Scherzer. Yeah, that's if a not rumor. more. That's yeah. the reason why he is not an Astro right now, because Apparently, he wants that third year, and Jim Crane is hesitant on giving it. I mean, if, if you're Jim Crane and you really want him, just give him the third year. Come on. You know, if it's that much of a – like, the guy has a, a, a brand-new elbow, essentially. <laughs> like, it ain't going to snap anytime soon, I don't think. That may be true, but everything else ain't brand new. That is true also. That's a brand-new elbow, and er- but everything else is 40 years – of age, and you want 42, 43 million a year? Yeah. 
If you had to pick three teams right now that you think he's going to, what three teams would you pick? Um, the Mets. Go ahead. I was saying, you named the three ones that you felt like at the beginning of the offseason. So give us three. Give us a three now. An updated um, list. Yeah, on December 4th. Give us three. I would say uh, the Mets. Um, you got to go with the Dodgers. Now that now that I know that he actually lives in L.A., um, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're always going to be in it with – you pick a name and they're always going to be in it. Um, and the, the Astros, I think now the Astros would be the, the distant third. My three are the Mets, the Dodgers, and the Yankees. Yeah. I, could, I can't argue with that either. Because if anybody needs to do something, when we're talking about the Mets and everything like that, it's definitely the Yankees because the Yankees can't um, – they can't finish the offseason empty-handed at all. Here's the thing. They cannot finish the offseason with the same team that they had last year. Like just bringing back Judge is not enough. I agree. But there's a chance they lose him. I was going to say, and, and if they lose Judge, Yankee fans will storm <laughs> <laughs> Yankee Stadium like it's the capital. They will be heading towards Cashman's office and be ready to behead him. Because <laughs> this team didn't win a single day game in the ALCS. Now you're telling me that we're losing the MVP? And not even replacing him with anything? Because I don't know what they do if they lose Judge. I think he's coming back. I think they'll just jack up. They'll find the money, especially if these negotiations with um, between Judge and the Giants start getting a little too loud. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll find the money to give to him. But even if that happens, they have to do something. They have to go out there and get Verlander or Rodon or something. They have to be the players in this offseason. They can't just right. sit by and watch the Astros lap them again. Yeah, I mean, for, for the Yankees, it has to be – it would probably have to be Judge and Verlander or Bust at this point. Because I'm looking at the remaining free agents, and there is nobody that's worth the effort, you know, and, and no one that's going to come close to, uh, to filling the the gaps that would the gap that would be left by a judge or um, by not improving your rotation. Yeah, it's going to be crazy if they pass up all these shortstops again. Ooh, yeah. Correa, Turner, Bogarts, and Swanson. Mm-hmm. And I know they're doing the thing where it's like, oh, we have these prospects in the minor leagues, and we love them. We think they're going to really be good in the future, and and they're cost-controlled. That's the real reason. But it's like you you hope that you have a prospect, prospect at shortstop that turns out to be someone like Trey Turner or Carlos Correa. Mm-hmm. And here you have an opportunity to just spend the money to get Carlos Correa, Trey Turner, or Bogarts or whatever, 
And then you can turn around and use that prospect as an asset and trade him away to get the help, you know, solve your pitching problem. So, you know, um, let's focus on, on the shortstop position because it's the deepest um, free agent class. Oh, are we doing predictions? Yeah. I mean, you know, looking at all of the free agents, like I'm looking at ESPN and they have it grouped by positions Mm -hmm. and it's clearly the deepest position um, this season with, with um, free agents that, you know, you should go after, consider going after. All right, let's do some predictions, baby. Hold, let me uh, get ready. Uh, let's start with Aaron Judge. Let's do that one first. Okay, he's a big fish. Where do you think he's going? Oh man, I think he's going to go home. I think he's going to go to San Francisco. All right, I still have him in New York. Okay. Um, Verlander. Verlander. Judge is the house of cards, isn't he? Yep. Because. Once he goes, then everything else falls into place. Um, I'm gonna. I'll say the Mets, I even though it goes against everything I just said <laughs> that the Yankees can't end up empty-handed. Just because I said they can't end up empty-handed doesn't mean they, they won't. won't. <laughs> and that'd be better for us. I mean, that'd be better for you know for the Astros. If you're a fan of the Astros, it's it's better <laughs> if they end up empty-handed. I agree with you. Let's go with the Mets. Um, and that's the last one before I want to get to the shortstops. Uh, oh, um, Contreras. What do you think of Wilson? Uh, I think we should do the shortstops first because he's not as important. Okay. Oh, that you were looking for someone before the shortstops. No, I was looking for a bigger name before the shortstops. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Nah, it's Judge Verlander, and then all right, let's do the shortstops. Oh, Rodon. What, what do you think happens with Rodon? I have no idea because I haven't heard shit about him. There's no talk. Like, I don't think he's as good as uh, Verlander or DeGrom, mm-hmm. but you're going to have him his prime for longer because he's only 30. Right. Um, you know, I'm going to say he go back to the Giants. Okay. I, I would think so, too. Because the Giants have already made noise saying they're going to be the big boys in free agency, uh, so I'll say they they resign him and a couple other guys. All right, so uh, let's start the shortstops. Pick whichever one you want to go with. Let's go with. Uh, I had the list up real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, let's go with a uh, Trey Turner. Trey Turner. Um, you were talking about the Philadelphia Phillies need pitching. It also would help if they had another hitter, someone who could help them withstand the loss of um, Bryce Harper. So I'm saying Trey Turner goes to the Philadelphia Phillies. Okay. You? Uh, out of all the free agents, except for Rodon, I guess, or include or with Rodon, I think um, Turner, I think, is a candidate to go back to L.A. I think they they'll I think they'll spend the money to keep him, mm-hmm. keep that that roster intact as best as they can, for one you know this final run of his career and uh, uh, Kershaw and other guys like that. All right, uh, pick the next one. You pick your go through your. What do you think of uh, Dansby Swanson? 
Dan Sabi Swanson, I have him going back. I have not going back. I have him going to the Dodgers. I think oh, okay. the Dodgers will let uh, Trey Turner go because they want to get underneath the the um the luxury tax number so they can reset the penalties. Mm-hmm. But I think they'll they'll sign uh, Swanson at a lower rate. I got you. Uh man. Um, I have I haven't heard anything about him. Like you know what, you know what's going on. Um, just for this sake, just and I know we're kind of in a time crunch as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say I'll say the Phillies. You saying the Phillies? All right. Pick your next shortstop, good sir. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna. I'll, I'll go. I was gonna save him for last, um, but I, I, I I'm not going to. Uh, let's let's say. What, what do you think about Correa? What do you think he? I think. Well, in my scenario right now, the Giants get turned down by um, Aaron Judge, so they spend the money on Carlos Correa. They give him the contract he was looking for last year. Ooh. Carlos Correa, San Francisco Giant. Carlos Correa, San Francisco Giants. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go on on a limb. My big wild horse, not wild horse, but dark horse candidate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the Red Sox. Ooh. And I felt like, I feel like um, Alex Cora is still the manager of the Red Sox, right? That's correct. Um, he's two years younger than Xander Bogarts. They were pretty close to still contending last year. And I feel like, you know, um, even though it's not like it really isn't as big of a part of baseball as other sports is, but as it is with other sports. But I feel like uh, if Cora was ever going to want someone of his, some like someone from his old, um, his old team or his, you know, the old regime that he was a part of in the past. I think he would want Correa, someone that he's familiar with, someone that um, he he knows he could rely on to be kind of a, a team leader and stuff like that, um, and someone who's you know he knows is is gonna you know um, produce for his team and in that lineup. Yeah, I can see it. The only thing that will hold me back from that is the fact that the Red Sox ownership has kind of taken the same path as the Yankees ownership. Like sure. they're not interested. It it doesn't feel like they're interested in winning. It's more like as long as we make the money from people coming to the ballpark, we're happy. Which is always going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Which like I've said before, I'll say it again. It's crazy to me that the Yankees and the Red Sox don't have the same like uh, train of thought like the Dodgers do. To like we're winning at any cost. We're going to spend the money. Luxury tax be damned. Mm-hmm. But it, it's crazy to me. That's why I was like, we get to the last one, Xander Bogarts. I had him going back to the, the Red Sox because I kind of filled up every other team in the shortstop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about Bogarts. I don't know where he would go, like where he might be needed. Um, I'm going to look at their roster real quick and just make mm-hmm. a quick um, or try to make a quick prediction just because they were kind of the first – you know what? Saw... Um, I don't know if they would actually do this, but I know the Mariners were in um, talks to be looking for a shortstop that could also play second base. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about Xander Bogarts in Seattle? 
I would hate that. Uh. <laughs> but <laughs> because they, I mean, obviously it would, it would just make them better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what Seattle's financial um, ability is. I know they operate on a lower level than even the Astros do. So I don't know if they would actually spend the money to get up there towards or over the luxury tax. I'm just saying that would probably be a great move for them. Mm. Uh, Looking, you know, they find a way to do something every year, even though it doesn't typically work out for them. But you always got to look at for the the Angels. Hey, they made the playoffs. (laughs) If we're being honest, the Mariners were probably the second best team in the American League. Oh, no, no. I was talking about the Angels. Like, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, because the Mariners, yeah, you know, it just depends on their – like their financial standing, I think um, they're they're making the moves that they've made some good moves this off season mm-hmm. that um, you know that that hasn't necessarily you know broken the bank for them, um, but they've added some solid guys. So it's like uh, you know it's interesting to see how they're improving. Um, uh, it's a, it's not I'm not nervous because I think you you helped assuage those concerns I had throughout the season um, just because like who's going to beat this team essentially <laughs> um, and especially just the way they handled everybody in the playoffs but but you know you, you can't you can't sleep on your on your opponents um, so um, you know it's it's oh, I'm always going to keep an eye on at, at this point it's like if, it, if I'm going to keep an eye on anybody I'm going to keep an eye on Seattle because they are still in the same division and they're seemingly putting together this roster that's like quite it's quietly getting better than uh than the year before and and this they had a pretty good season this year so it'll be interesting to see but uh, but in terms of going after bogarts i think the angels could always surprise someone you know could surprise you oh we don't know about the angels uh owner situation right now because they're up for sale so i have no idea what the money's gonna be like for them Artie's out huh he's Looking to get out. Yeah. Okay. So then if not the Angels. Um, and if you're in the was, Angels, do you want to pay what, what would take Bogart? Like 25 to $28 million a year? And you still have – you're paying Trout $40 million. Otani, <laughs> he needs a new contract. And then Rendon's getting like 35 a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like eventually – like – you're going to need that money for um, Eltani to at least mm-hmm. attempt to keep him. I think he's gone because I think he's tired of losing, but you still need to make a, a, an, an effort. Right. Yeah. He's got to be their, their first priority. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at, and, and so, so if I'm going to pick someone from the East or from the American league, I'll say the angels. Well, I was going to say the angels, uh, but I'll pick anybody else at this point. It doesn't really matter. But um I wouldn't be surprised if the St. Louis Cardinals went after Bogarts. It looks like they need a shortstop. They've shown a willingness to go after, you know, players in the past. And um, I mean, he would only add to that lineup, which is already a pretty good lineup with Goldschmidt and Arenado in the middle. But I don't. I don't know about anybody else in the American League that might go after um, Bogarts. 
unless the Yankees get a wild hair, turn them into the next, you know, uh, Wade Boggs or Johnny Damon or something like that. I mean, a lot of this could be just like, hey, the Yankees have tried decide to get up their ass and actually use their money. Right. But even a, a Bogart signing, I, I don't think would energize the fan base. It would just, I think the, the fan base would look at it as like, oh, we, we settled on this $28 million a year player, which is a crazy thought. But I think anybody else would be a, a pretty big splash for them. I think it would be a big signing for St. Louis. Or, uh, yeah, because I'm not seeing much in the infield for them or in the middle of the infield. Uh, so that's your final answer. You got two teams. I'll go with the Cardinals. All right. Before we get out of here real quick, we're talking about the biggest news with the Houston Astros signing Jose Abreu away from the Chicago White Sox. Three years, uh, $58.5 million deal. <laughs> love the signing. I love the signing. But first, I was, this team just won the World Series with the corpse of um, Yuli Gurriel at first base. <laughs> right. Like, even if Abreu ages badly in that third year, that, that's that third year, baby. Worry about that when we get there. Right. The power was down this year, but that's okay. This is not a team that focuses on power hitting, even with Jordan Alvarez in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Because that's how good of a hitter Jordan is. Like he's not just a power hitter. Like he's an all-around great hitter. Hits for average. Hits to get on base. You know. So it's like, even if he does duplicate what he did this year and hit what 17, 18 home runs, if he hits two ninety, geez, I mean, that's incredible. It's like, I, we just need you not to strike out, good sir. Yeah. And by all accounts, he's not going to. I don't expect him to be like a 300 here or anything, but if he's like 273 and has an on base percentage of like 340, 350. Mm-hmm. You know, considering what we had last year. <laughs> well, look, he's, uh, he's a 292 hitter. Career hitter, he hit, yes. Career hitter. He hit 301, 304 last year with a power down. If he does what he did in 2020, 20, or excuse me, in 2022, I mean, I think that's I think that's a, a, a huge win for this team. Yeah, because it's not like this team needs a superstar or MVP version. You just need right. to come in and be helpful. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to be hitting, what, fifth, sixth in this lineup? Which is insane. Yeah. Because he was always he's always hit third. Yeah. Like you you don't need to be the man. You just need to be a cog in the machine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're both in agreement. We love his deal. Yeah, he's on the older side. He's 35 right now. He'll be uh 36 at the beginning of next year, birthday January 29th. But yeah, so he's a little bit I want to see, he's a little bit old. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? I know the two of us on this podcast are. I love this deal. I love what the Astros did. They went out there and they they found a solution to their biggest problem. 
they got younger at first. Yeah, yeah, Believe it or did. not. Yeah. But but I know I've seen people um like I saw I read Keith Law's uh review of the contract and he was like basically like I, the title was like the Astros don't believe in the vestige of time or something like that. And my thought was like, there's only, there were only like three good to great. Well, yeah. Good to great uh, first basemen that are available in the free agency. It was either Abreu bell or um, Anthony Rizzo. Right. Rizzo resigned with the Yankees and bell like bells. Good. But we saw last year when he got traded to the Padres and his all his numbers just took a, a nosedive. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like you were going to get a superstar with anyone. Bell's the youngest. He's only 30. But it's not like he's an MVP candidate. And Rizzo, he's I think he's only 32. Something like that. I'm going to say he's either 32 or 34. But he definitely had back problems last year. He's 33 right now. So it wasn't like he's a spring chicken. So they got out and went out there and got someone who may be the best first baseman for the next two years. Like Bell's probably going to be the better first baseman long term because he's the youngest. But when you're dealing with a team like this, who has World Series aspirations and could honestly make it back to a World Series the next two or three years. This is what you need. And Rizzo, um, and potentially even Bell, more expensive than than uh, Abreu. They paid less than $20 million a year for Abreu. And Rizzo signed a two-year $40 million deal with the Yankees, or re-signed. Mm-hmm. And Bell, I mean, I, I imagine because of his age, because he was a, um, you know, a an attractive uh, mid-season acquisition, um, I think he's going to value himself pretty high. Where he's going to look to get twenty million, and already you've, you've saved a couple of million on, you know, on that position, yeah, and probably got the best hitter out of the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 20 million over what five maybe six years mm-hmm. i think we're, when we look back at the end of the offseason we're going to see a lot of deals that just blew away our expectations the Bray was one of them definitely jacob de grom yeah and I, i'm looking at be on fan graphs they like they asked the um the uh, what they call basically people come to websites. The uh, they um they can guess on um what they think people are going to get in their next contract, and then Fangraphs goes through with the crowdsource results and with the with the medium total. Mm-hmm. And so for Degrom, for the people were like, oh, the medium total was a three year contract for one hundred twenty million dollars, and he turns around and gets five years for one eighty five. Like I think we're just gonna see a lot of contract like that this year, where it's just like the the media and you know the fans are expecting some guy to get a contract, and then he just blows by expectations because these teams they have the money and they're one like well some teams some teams like the pay broke like the pretend like they're broke, <laughs> All right? But yeah, they have the money and they want to win. 
Like, if you're the Astros, you just came off the World Series, why not try to do everything you can to win the next two or three years? Go get, uh, we say, Contreras, Contreras. Go get Andrew Benintendi. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Do you think the Astros spending spree has stopped? <laughs> no. Or do you think they'll continue? No, they still want a left, um, a left-hitting bat. Mm-hmm. And, and the outfield, so that's why they the words about Ben Intendi, um, pro- possibly bringing Brantley back, and uh, what's the name? Uh, the, the, the Conforto. Okay, like all three of those names have been linked to the Astros, and you know they want to upgrade the hit the um, catcher spot, so that's why Wilson Contreras has been named, and all kind of signing rumors. Like I don't think they're done signing any kind of bats. I think they're. They're done with pitching. That's why I don't think Verlander's coming back. But I think they're still going to be out there trying to upgrade this offense. Yeah. And that was the whole thing about Verlander. Like I said from the get-go, even last year, you know, before they re-signed him, like I was totally okay. Even though, you know, this year I'm I'm even more comfortable with, with this team, with the rotation going forward. Um, because Framber is a legit number one guy now. You know, maybe not so much last year. You didn't really know, you know, going into this current season. But you know, I've always been comfortable with like the day that Verlander is no longer an Astro because it's like we got everything we could out of him. Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, five years, two Cy Youngs, two World Series, you know, rings. Um, the guy was a hired gun, and I've always been, you know. Um, you know, always uh, accepted that fact. Like you go and get a guy like that because he's a hired gun. And when it's his time to move on, nope. Hey, thanks. Thanks for the, you know, the good time. You give thanks him, for the short time. You give him the, um, the full page goodbye in the Houston Chronicle. When they come to play, you give them the video memorial, memorial like, thank you for all your years in Houston and what you did for your community. But, you know, thanks for being, the best hired gun money could buy, you know, that's, that's basically what it is. And then, because I don't think we've seen a, a hired gun like this with the, the kind of run that he had. It's like, thank you for being better than Randy Johnson was. <laughs> exactly. But I'm with you. This team is good. Like uh, uh, Valdez, Javier, McCullers, Garcia, Curdy. That's your one through five right now. And, you know, they have guys down the minors. Hunter Brown looks Hunter, good. I mean, yeah, he, could... he looks like a Verlander clone. I still have hope for Forrest Whitley. I'm not giving up. I'm holding on to my Forrest Whitley stock. You can't make me sell it. <laughs> you, you might be the only one. I that's probably, okay. Yeah, that's all right. I'll be all alone. And, and when he comes up, I'll be like, I sh- I'll sh- he'll show ye. <laughs> right. But yeah, man, this team is still built to go. Like, I've as soon as they sign Abreu, I'd say goodbye to Mr. Verlander. Best of luck to him and whatever team he chooses, except in the playoffs against the Astros. Right. I think the funniest thing would be if he goes to the Dodgers and they'd be like, oh, so you're going to try to win the World Series with both Kershaw and Verlander in your starting <laughs> rotation? Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. 
All right, man. I gotta get up out of here. It's already past five. Um, this bar is popping up. All right. Um, anything else? I think we covered it, man. You know, um, I know we tried to, you know, the month of November got, you know, got away from us. You know, holidays, of course, all that kind of stuff. Um, but at the same time, there really wasn't much to talk about. Like the the hot stove was still not even a hot stove. It's still pretty simmering right now at this point so but i think it was a good time to kind of catch up because enough had, had happened to make it worth you know putting in the time yeah but we're back we'll do a couple more podcasts for the end of the year uh there's one i want to do for sure one wrestling one uh oh yeah top, um basically in the year top 10 wrestlers and top 10 matches Ooh. so i want to get that out at the end of the year Definitely. That feels like it should be our last podcast before the new year. But yeah. Yeah, there's been so many good matches. It's been crazy. Yeah. But uh that'd be all later. Anthony, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Always. Yep. For all you listening, thank you for listening, download, sharing, all that. I got our Spotify rap numbers. They were interesting to look at. Okay. Yeah, for a couple people, we're their number one podcast, and I want to thank you, poor souls. Thank you for the poor mistakes that led you here. (laughs) All right, let's get right here for Anthony. I'm the Quincy. Later.